Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Hour two underway on the Pete Callender Show. I am former Congressman Jason Lewis, former WBT talk show host, former Minnesota talk show host, former Rush Limbaugh fill-in. Man, oh man, with a degree like that, uh, why am I retired? <laughs> Sometimes these things aren't voluntary. Uh, you know, I could not be happier than to have on this next guest because I've been a big fan of his for quite some time now. We live in a cancel culture era, and it's probably the single biggest threat to the republic that I can think of. You know, I, I, I'm fond of saying that one of the first things a dictator would do would be to control media. But right now, they don't have to. The journalists are more than willing to roll over and censor themselves. And nobody's experienced that more, you might think, Donald Trump. But how about Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? When he tried to write his expose, much needed on Anthony Fauci, no one would touch it except this fellow. Tony Lyons is the publisher of Skyhorse Publishing, and he's also the co-founder of America Values 2024 Super PAC, a big RFK booster, and he joins us now. Tony, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. You know, I'm, I'm glad you, you made the time because I do think this is important and nobody's leading the charge against the cancel culture more than RFK right now. Um, and, you know, you know, as well as I do, when they can't stick him on COVID, he turns out to have been right. When they can't stick him on Ukraine and foreign policy adventurism where he is right, they go to what? The same thing they did to Trump, they did to, to Reagan, they did to me when I was in Congress, identity politics. And this is the most vicious and evil aspect of the current dominant media culture. And, you know, they'll charge you with racism or anti-Semitism, and all they need to do is spew out the word and it's case closed. And that's what they've done to Kennedy. Yeah, that's exactly what they've done. And they've been just doing it time after time. I mean, the idea that they could just, with no foundation whatsoever call him an anti-Semite, and then somehow get a 100 congressmen in 24 hours to sign a document sort of censoring him, trying to, you know, trying to cancel a uh, congressional hearing on censorship. Right. So the, the idea that they could get a 100 people to sign that from our government, I mean, we can't have our government get anything done quickly, but they are so intent on protecting Joe Biden's right to just be the nominee and to just just destroy anybody who wants to talk to the American public directly and make an argument that he should not be our president and that, you know, he, as in Robert F. Kennedy Jr., ought to be. You know, the American people have a right to hear that argument, and the DNC is trying to prevent that and is doing everything that it can in the most corrupt possible ways to prevent Robert F. Kennedy Jr. from being heard. Well, the DNC, but also CNN, also, uh, you know, the Washington Post, the New York Times, uh, you name it, um, MSNBC, the networks. What This is the real danger. We always talk about, and Kennedy talks about this a lot, crony capitalism, and I agree with him. Um, but there's also this crony journalism that's going on that's absolutely terrifying when then the government is basically employed journalists to be state-run media. 
sure. You know, like you said before, you know, using terms like anti-vaxxer or racist or conspiracy theorist, all of those things are, are just conclusions. They're not real arguments. So, you know, if you disagree with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., you should say where you disagree. You should say, you know, what you think he's done or said that's wrong. Not just call him names. Calling somebody names is a sign of weakness. It's a sign that you don't feel that you can really debate them in the marketplace of ideas and, you know, prove to the public that they're wrong or, or that your candidate's better or that your idea is better. Well, that is the essence of the cancel culture. I don't want to debate you, so I'll silence you. Right. And And, that whole process of silencing people is so antithetical to democracy that, you know, we should all fight that. You know, we want to know both sides of the story, and we in this country want to be able to make decisions for ourselves and not be told what to do, what to think, what to read, or, you know, who to believe. We want to hear them talk. Well, not Debbie Wasserman Schultz. She, she wanted to censor Kennedy in front of Congress when he testified a couple of weeks ago. So he was testifying on censorship. So she wanted to censor him by removing his testimony. Yeah, that's just crazy. You know, and she is the same person who did that to Bernie Sanders. So, you know, whether you love or hate Bernie Sanders, right. you know, Wasserman, the DNC, the media, you know, the New York Times, they all went after him because they decided that the American people couldn't be trusted to make their own decisions. And it's especially difficult, especially difficult to to stomach, even though RFK disagrees with the conclusion as to who killed his father. It's especially difficult to to call him outrageous and anti-Semite, given Sirhan Sirhan's reason for going after Bobby Kennedy. (laughs) <laughs> right. He, he was too close to Israel. Or, you know, you know, Bobby Kennedy has very strong feelings. He's he's gone and he's met with Sirhan Sirhan. And, you know, that's one of the great things with Bobby Kennedy is that he's open to changing his mind. So he's open to actually talking to people from, from both sides, to trying to heal the divide and, and, and to try to really listen to all voices. And that's what I think all of us in, in this country need to start doing. Is well, indeed, to all the voices so that we know both sides. We know the best arguments on both sides, and then we can weigh and balance them and decide what what we really think is the right thing to do. I have to say, as a Trump supporter, I, I couldn't agree more with your characterization of RFK Jr. I had the opportunity a year or two ago to sit down and have lunch with him with a mutual friend of ours, by the way. Um, and he was in as her guest, and I invited me. And the three of us sat there, and I found him to be most open, most most um, curious as to, okay, where was I right? Where was I wrong? Here am I going. And so this this going back all the time and saying, well, he called Rush Limbaugh a name years ago or this or this, we're way beyond that now. The, the, the era of crony capitalism and crony media journalism has has turned former liberals into conservatives and former conservatives into liberals. They're meeting into this sort of anti-swamp middle, are they not? Definitely. I mean, you know, Bobby Kennedy does have that in common with uh, Donald Trump and that both of them see that this government has just become corrupt, that the agencies of government are controlled by a bunch of big corporations that are in turn controlled by a handful of billionaires 
and that they're gutting the middle class just to make more money for themselves. And, you know, so... Well, and I think you've got to throw in foreign policy adventurism there. I, I don't care whether it's John Kerry or the National Review crowd. Um, these people haven't seen a foreign war they didn't want to intervene in. And, and that is a total repudiation of the Bush Republicans as well as the Clinton Democrats. Sure. And, you know, Bobby Kennedy has broken with the Democratic Party saying, you know, we can't get into these foreign wars. We have 53 percent of the people in this country don't have a thousand dollars in the bank and we're sending 200 billion dollars to ukraine and you know hundreds of billions of dollars you know all around the middle east and then in, you know in afghanistan mm-hmm. i mean we have just dumped so much money into these you know ridiculous wars these unwinnable wars and we've done what? it at the expense of the people in this country so we've gotten nothing for it and we've given away the assets of this country and I think that we need a president who will just stop that. Who will Let me give you a perfect example of that. In fact, I write about it on my Substack page and is in my book. And that is when I got to Congress and it was under budget sequestration, the DOD budget, the Pentagon budget, was about $547 billion. Under Joe Biden's latest NDAA, which Republicans went along with, which means that they're not going to cut spending elsewhere if you're going to plus up the military that much because Chuck Schumer won't go along with it. Um, the the, Fed, the, the uh, Pentagon budget is now $875 billion. Wow. And you've got 800,000 civilian employees at the Pentagon. Not 80,000, 800,000. You're telling me there's not room to cut? What, what, this is why they busted budget sequestration, Tony. What happens is the, the hardcore Uber hawks, and some of them in the Freedom Caucus, but m- most of them in the Armed Services Committee, will say, we want to plus up the Pentagon, more, more aid for Ukraine, wear a lapel pin. And leadership will come back, and I saw this up close and personal, I write about it, said, well, if you want to do that, you're going to have to go along with more income transfer programs because Chuck Schumer's just not going to cut welfare and plus up the Pentagon. And they say, okay, let's undo the budget sequestration. So they undid that. I voted against it. But they undid that. And now we've got discretionary spending that's out of control along with everything else. So, you know, Eisenhower was right. There really is this military-industrial complex that that I'm not saying we don't need a strong defense. Neither did JFK and neither did Ronald Reagan. But the Cold War's over. They're arguing about a warm water port in Ukraine, not a national security issue. Right. For, for America. It, it seems like we would be much better off with a much more, you know, um, uh, sort of a small fighting force that had just state-of-the-art weapons, and and not this incredible apparatus. Yeah, regime change. You know, like we've we've got this incredible military-industrial complex, which is controlling the government agencies, which are so gigantic, like you were saying, and they've become so powerful that that our congressmen are afraid of them. I mean, I was listening to... Hold that thought. we got to squeeze in a break here, Tony. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organized the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. 
food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Glad to have as a guest this, well, for the next couple of segments anyway, uh, Tony Lyons is the publisher of Skyhorse Publishing. He published RFK's book on Tony Fauci, and he is also the co-founder of a pro-RFK super PAC called American Values 2024, and we're making the case for RFK, if you will, with one of his biggest backers. You know, there, there were two things that I think brought RFK to the prominence. I don't think he really wanted to run for the presidency, but he was proven right on crony capitalism, which he's been talking about for years and years and years. Um, and he was proven right on the censorship, the cancel culture by COVID. That particular disgraceful era when we, we used a, a virus that was very threatening, unleashed apparently in a lab, but threatening to the elderly, people with the compromised immune systems, but not that threatening to the vast majority of people. We use that to shut down the government, to end medical freedom, to do a whole host of things that really catapulted Kennedy's views, which he'd been talking about for quite some time, to the top. Do you think that was a defining moment for him where he said, I've got to throw my hat in the ring now? Yeah, I mean, people have been trying to get him to run for office for decades, and he's always felt that he could do a better job as a lawyer. So, you know, he has sued hundreds and hundreds of companies and of government agencies. I mean, he's, he's been involved in so many lawsuits where he was trying to make sure that they didn't act in ways that were corrupt, that they didn't, you know, that, that their greed was checked and that, you know, the American public was protected. And so, you know, his feeling is that the government agencies aren't doing that. And so he's been doing it through the courts. But the agencies aren't doing that because they're captured by the companies that they're supposed to be regulating. And so, yeah, economists call it regulatory uh, capture. It's the worst of both sure. worlds. So, you know, even when it comes to, to, the, to the military, you know, when you think about um, how these things go, sure, of course, a military producing company, you know, a, a company that pr- produces weapons and tanks mm-hmm. and planes, right. they're going to want more more wars. That's a market for their products. But what we've seen time after time is, one, we don't have a real end game plan. We don't know what our goals are. Right. So, no you know, exit strategy. The, the, the Taliban or ISIS or probably in the Ukraine, too, what's going to happen is that the people who don't share our values are going to be using our weapons against us because we're going to wind up, you know, you can't win a war when you don't even know what winning looks like. You mean we, now, Tony, are you mean we shouldn't listen to pundits on cable television who also sit on the boards of military contractors? (laughs) We absolutely shouldn't listen to people who have incredible conflicts of interest. And the problem is, Bobby Kennedy says this all the time, you know, 90% of the people, maybe 95%, 98% at government agencies, you know, want to do the right thing. But there are people who are in, in charge, who are on, on boards, 
They're helping companies where they have financial interests. So there are these incredible conflicts of interest and these financial right. entanglements. If people want more information on that or anything else, where can they go, Tony? Uh, they can go to AmericanValues2024.org. I got a couple of quick questions before we let you go on on all of this. But first of all, you you talk a lot about, and RFK talks about, the corruption of the DNC. What do you make of Devin Archer's testimony in closed session, bits of which have leaked out, but the gist of it is Joe Biden lied numerous times when he said he had no connection to his son's business dealings. Yeah, I was listening to that story this morning, and, you know, it is really fascinating that, you know, you have all of these attacks coming out against Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and the media just really runs with them, that they cover them in just such great detail, just story after story. But you have a claim that looks really credible of corruption of the President of the United States. Where are the New York Times articles on that? Where are the, you know, investigative journalists digging into this for all the major newspapers and all the network TV shows? And I think that that's an incredible sign of corruption of our government and of our media that well, we're not hearing these stories. Speaking of Ukraine, if you want to talk about something that is prima facie impeachable, Biden himself bragged about firing a prosecutor that was looking into the corruption at Burisma, of which his son was sitting on the board. It wasn't like it was a conspiracy of silence. Biden bragged about it. Yeah, it's just open corruption. And I don't know, you know, some big segment of the American public just doesn't see it, doesn't believe it, won't focus on it. And it's it's so hard to sort of convince people of anything, that it is like they're two different countries. And it can't be this Trump derangement syndrome entirely, this anti-Trump mantra. Well, they just don't want anybody but Trump, so they so they just back Biden in a knee-jerk way. They're going after RFK for it. Right. I mean, you know, one of the things that I really love with Bobby Kennedy is that he will talk to anybody, that he believes in healing the divide that has, you know, this is not a divide that's accidental. I mean, I think this is a divide that's orchestrated to weaken the American public so that they don't fight back, so that that they don't really have consensus that their government is dishonest, that their president is dishonest, and that the agencies of government aren't working for them. Talking about corruption, um, would a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. take the position of, say, that of his famous father, Attorney General, in a Trump administration? To root out the corruption? You know, I can't say what he would do or what he, you know, wouldn't do. But I can tell you that that's the main priority for him, is to get rid of this corporate crony capitalism that has taken over this country, you know, where big corporations can commit just terrible crimes and they get criminal fines for it. Nobody goes to jail. So I mean, that's the, really the reversal in politics. Where everything is upside down. Antitrust law used to be the purview of Democrats. Republicans would knee-jerk fashion support big business. Now, when it comes to big tech especially, it's totally reversed. Yeah, I mean, you would think that the Democratic Party would be really wanting to limit the power of big corporations to control their lives. You would think the Democratic Party 
you know, from 30 years ago at least, yeah. would be so pro-freedom of speech and would be so right. anti-war. And there really has been a shift, you know, a, a major shift. So when you talk about, you know, being a Kennedy Democrat, you're talking about the old kind of Democrat, not yeah, the current. For sure. Well, I mean, corporate America is financing the Democratic establishment from the Clintons to the Bidens to the Obamas. I mean, so they're they're not going to throw them under the bus, which is a conflict of interest in and of itself. I would be remiss if I did not bring up the, the tragic consequences of both JFK and Bobby Kennedy, RFK Jr.'s father. Um, he wants the assassination records released, as do I. What on earth would possess the Biden administration from continuing the stonewall on November 1963? So the only thing that I can see, you know, after all of these years, none of these people are still alive. Bobby Kennedy points this out time after time. If it's not protecting government agencies for being complicit in the two assassinations, then why aren't they releasing those documents? You know, there are 5,000 documents that have not been given to the public. You know, why is the U.S. government in the business of hiding things from the public? They work for the public. Complicit in what? Do you mean complicit in actually? Do you mean complicit in actually pulling the trigger or complicit in, look, they knew what was going on, they knew the potentiality? Uh, of a shooting, they they were dealing with Oswald or Sirhan Sirhan, and they didn't do enough to stop it. And so it would be, really be embarrassing to uh, the the national security state, the intelligence community, which is totally, by the way, been weaponized and co-opted today. We know now with Brennan and Clapper. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of information out there that shows that they were more than just complicit. You know that they. You know, that there was a lot of direct contact with Oswald, that there's a very strong likelihood that Sirhan Sirhan was brainwashed as part of a Project McUltra uh, process. So, you know, all of this information is out there. A lot of the people of this country believe that that's what happened. Um, But we need to get to the truth, and we need all the documents to come out. And so calling Robert F. Kennedy Jr. a conspiracy theorist is just a way to avoid telling the truth to the public. Um, was it a Cold War machination? that they, they had interest in the Cold War. They didn't, so they wanted to brainwash Sirhan Sirhan. They, didn't, they were trying to knock off Castro. What, what was the rationale behind it, do you think? I think that, you know, John F. Kennedy was becoming anti-war, just like Bobby Kennedy Jr. And, you know, that was a threat to very powerful military-industrial people in this yeah, country. Yeah, the, the famous American University somebody, speech, right. Yeah, I mean, they didn't want somebody who they couldn't control. And so I think it's, you know, that's potentially what the story is or a piece of the story. But we, we need to know the truth, and we need a government that will stop hiding things from the public. Tony Lyons, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate the info. Co-chair, co-founder of American Values 2024 Pack, and, of course, publisher at Skyhorse Publishing. A real pleasure, Tony. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. More conservatives backing RFK Jr. than Democrats these days. I don't know that I'll be one of them, to be honest. Um, I'm still a Trump guy. Uh, But the fact is, he is hitting on some themes that seem to cross party lines, cross... All the philosophies are mixed up right now. Uh, What used to be conservative is now liberal. What used to be liberal is now conservative. And it's happened because of the growing apparatus of the state. When the intel community controls media, when globalists control foreign policy, when big business controls the government, um, you, you, you get strange bedfellows here. And that's why to many people, RFK Jr. sounds like Donald Trump or vice versa. I found it interesting, you know, in my question to Tony, whether he would serve as attorney general in a Trump administration, um, you might have made some news there because it wasn't a flat out no. But the bottom line is that there is a, a he's resonating on this sort of anti-crony capitalism that became such a part of America during COVID. And it was shown for everyone to see. Your civil People think communism is all about materialism. It's all about an economic theory. The first casualty of communism is always civil liberties, lockdowns, the end of medical freedom, you name it. And that's exactly what happened when we found out that China had actually engineered a virus. By the way, I mentioned this yesterday. I can't believe it's getting no attention. But was it in Fresno or Sacramento where they found a a secret Chinese lab in California was injecting mice with the COVID virus? Now you can make the argument, well, it's just scientific experimentation. A little too close to home given how many times the authorities we now know lied to us, suppressed the story that this thing was engineered in a lab in China. It was not Zootonic. Um, you know, and how ironic here we are when we have a real threat in Southeast Asia, you know, if if China ever gets, gets those Asian shipping lines in the North China Sea and through Taiwan and and all of there, uh, the Chinese Straits, if they get control of those shipping lanes, boy, you, you want to talk about supply chain problems, not to mention all of the other things they are engaged in. And yet, and yet, the old establishment from Joe Biden to John Kerry to Hillary Clinton to Mitch McConnell to the uber hawks in the, in the House of Representatives and, the, and, and many of which are in the Freedom Caucus. I hate to break it to you, folks. These guys are not budget hawks. They're defense hawks. Now, I want, I want to explain something before some of you roll your eyes. What happened to Jason Lewis? Wasn't he a Reagan strong defense guy? Sure was. One of the first backers of Reagan when I was a kid. Everybody else was going for, you know, Nixon in 68, 
Ford in 76. I was there with Reagan. But the Cold War is over. We don't live in a bipolar world anymore. Russia is a hollowed-out empire. And I want to make something perfectly clear on this. I want to make something perfectly clear. Eisenhower was no softy on on communism, although some of the hard right at the time said he was. But here's a guy who knew war. And he warned about this. That once you build up this this apparatus during the Cold War, you're not going to rein it in. So now we're in Afghanistan, we're in Iraq, we're in the Middle East, we're all over the world, and now we're in Ukraine. Why? So we can sell more armaments? And then those companies can give money to politicians and hold $10,000 breakfasts for them on Capitol Hill? It It doesn't mean you're soft on defense to understand that the Pentagon is still a government program full of waste. I authored a bill in the Budget Committee to audit the Pentagon. It was voted down, but the Pentagon came and testified and said, we, don't, we can't have an audit. We don't know where our assets are. And let me tell you something else about Ukraine here, folks. NATO was a tripwire in the Cold War that basically said, if the Ruskies have any ideas about invading Western Europe, we will defend it. In 1990, when the Berlin Wall fell, James Baker told Gorbachev and Yeltsin and any other Russian leader who would listen that if you take down the wall, if you promise not to encroach, we will not expand NATO, quote, one inch eastward. I write about this in Party Animal, my book. Read it. It's available in audio version now on Audible. Party Animal, the truth about President Trump, power politics, and the partisan press. I write all about this in the swamp section. Baker said, not one inch eastward, we will not go. Because the Soviets at the time, and now they're not the Soviets, they are the Russians, because the Soviet Union fell apart. That was the Cold War threat. The Russian Empire goes back a century longer than that. But anyway, he, they told him, look, we will not encroach on you, you don't encroach on us, and they agreed to give back Eastern Europe, the East Bloc. But in exchange, they wanted to promise from the Bush administration that they keep wouldn't go right to their border and keep following and try to put the former East Bloc countries into NATO. Guess what we've done? That's exactly what we've done. And now we want Sweden and we want Ukraine and right on old Russia's border, on, on, on Mother Russia's border. It's not a surprise that they're not going to put up with that. Not to mention the fact that Ukraine is not the beacon of democracy. It is fundamentally corrupt in so many ways. So when I hear people say, you're just going to let the Russians invade? Well, how did we, how did the Ukrainian democratically elected regime get overthrown in the first place and then end up with Zelensky? Hmm. How did that pipeline get blown up? Um, we are we are recklessly flirting with a, a nuclear world war over something that could be handled diplomatically if we told Russia, you're going to get Crimea, you're going to get access to your only warm water port, and you're going to stay out, the hell out of western Ukraine. But we can't do that. We've got to have arms, and we've got to have war. Do not think for a moment this is going to stop at weapons. Anybody that says that's an idiot. 
Oh, they just want weapons for their soldiers, as though that doesn't involve us directly anyway. But it's not going to stop there. It can't. So here we are with all of these other attendant problems. Young people can't afford homes. Inflation is still out there. We've got crime in every urban American city. And we've got China, a real threat, that's sending fentanyl across our southern border. And what does Mitch McConnell say? What does the old guard Republicans say? Ukraine is the number one issue. What? Seriously, folks. Someone please tell me you don't agree with that. Because if you do, we need to have a conversation. And you know what? We can have that conversation. We can have that conversation right here next hour because we've got, we've got open phones. 704-570-1110. That's 704-570-1110. Your chance to talk with me, Congressman, former Congressman Jason Lewis. Also, I do want to, in addition to the whole Ukraine thing and where you stand on that, I want to bring up the, the Kennedy assassination, or for that matter, the UFO files. Why, why are they kept secret? Seriously? Tony had a great point on that. What, regardless of what you believe, after, what, 60 years? 60 years? Why are they, why, they're all dead. Boy, there's lots to talk about next hour. 704-570-1110. Your chance to chime in. Give us a call. Hang around. I'm Jason Lewis. In for Pete Callender. More coming up on News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 